ACASTCAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life and football are very similar. Without an identity, you will not achieve your ultimate prize. Defense wants championships. Pride and passion meet success. You got to love what you do. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now, here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for watching another live edition of the East-West Football Podcast. I am Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me, like always, Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and our special guest tonight, Patriots Insider with NBC Sports Boston, Tom Curran. Tom, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, boys. Appreciate you having me. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Yes, we, we give do. You, we yes, want to give you a round of applause real quick. <laughs> All right, Appreciate Tom. That. So let's get started. So obviously a very up and down season for the New England Patriots. My first question to you is, if you could choose a word to describe the 2022 New England Patriots, what would it be? Can I take two two words? Of course. <laughs> Predictably disastrous. Wow. You want me to expound on those? Predictably yes. in that once it became clear by, by March, it became clear at the owners' meetings that the plan was to have Josh McDaniels succeeded by individuals who had not coached extensively on the offensive side of the ball, had not – run a West Coast offense, which we began to see in um, really late May, early June. We're like, hey, they run a lot of stretch stuff here. That's, they run a lot of outside stuff. So as we went along, Bill knew it himself, I think to a degree, that there was going to be a learning curve for those guys, for Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and for Mac Jones. But the predictable aspect was if you're going to change it and you're going to go to these guys who are – basically HVAC guys and tell them to put the roof on the house. There's going to be some, there's going to be some damage. Just some hammers are going to land on some fingernails. So that's basically what happened. And I think it was disastrous in that by the end of training camp, they still had not made any traction. They lost the faith of the players in many ways. You look at a guy like Kendrick Bourne, who was a 55 catch 800 yard guy. I got hooked on these numbers because they were so impressive. He was targeted 70 times in 2021 caught 55 friggin' balls. It's like 75% for a wide receiver. So you want to build on that. You want to build on Mac Jones' rookie year. You want to move forward from a 10-7 and seven season to be an 11-6 and six team. Instead, they took two or three steps back and lost some of the face. So I think 
that is what's disastrous about it. So fortunately, guys, they've they've moved quickly to remedy the situation. Yeah, and with that being said, Bill O'Brien is now going to be the offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. Um, just really quick, I just want to talk again. Like, why do you think that Matt Patricia was the one that Bill chose to be the offensive coordinator for the Patriots? Trust. Well, there's a lot of reasons. One, he was available and standing right there. Two, Bill had grown weary of year after year having to replenish his staff. Now, he could have anticipated that Josh McDaniels at some point was going to get a job. But even had he done so, you know, he had lost a litany of guys, whether it be Chad O'Shea or Mick Lombardi, who went with uh, McDaniels, or Brian Flores, or just real outflow of guys. Jed Fish, who went to be the ASU um, head coach. So just a lot of guys. And it's been going on for a long time. And we've heard Bill articulated at different times on NFL films with Nick Saban. It's tough when you lose staff. So I think his thought was, Matt's going to be here. If I go get Bill O'Brien or someone else, and they're only here for a minute because they have aspirations or something else, then I'm in be- back in the same spot I was in. So what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. We saw. Yeah. So we saw Mac Jones take the team to the playoffs his rookie season. Obviously, Josh McDaniels was there. He moved on. He's now the head coach of Las Vegas Raiders. And we saw ups and downs with Mac Jones throughout the season. Yeah, 100%. And I think that it's interesting, too, when you talk philosophically, and Kendall, I'm sure, saw this the whole time. Um, the opportunity that the Patriots wanted to say, okay, we brought in Devontae Parker. We're not going to be checked down Charlie's anymore. We're going to press the ball down the field. We're going to throw some um, more aerial yards, more efforts at 50-50 balls. So not only were they installing a new offense, a new running game, and a new language, they also installed a philosophy that said, let's push it down the field. Next thing you know, Mac is doing that. He had some picks because of communication issues, because of location issues that were his fault as well. And then he had some decision-making problems, but he had a Baltimore game where he had no touchdowns, three picks, but he actually looked for three quarters. Kendall, verify. He looked for three quarters, and you're on mute, so I'm going to tell you to unmute yourself. He looked for three quarters like a genius. I mean, he that was one I, of his yeah. freaking games. I think that was by far the best game. That game and probably the Cleveland Brown game that he played last year, I thought I think those two games were probably his best game. He played the Titans last year, too. He had a, a pretty good game, too. But against Baltimore, if you don't if you don't look at the box score, he threw those three picks. I watched the game every snap of that game. He he, he him and Parker had great chemistry. Him and Myers had a couple um things like they that was a great game for Matt. Probably, big, probably I think his best game of the season that went in the, in the Vikings game. That one the Vikings game. They had a miscommunication, Fidel and Jerry, on a Devontae Parker end zone pick. It looked friggin' horrendous. But my buddy Phil Perry broke it down. And he looked at it and it's like Parker didn't know what he was doing. He literally couldn't figure it out. So the upshot of the the answer to the question, Fidel, is he had peaks. Then he got hurt at the end of that Baltimore game. He's down for three games. He comes back against Chicago. I still don't understand the logic of putting him out there for three minutes just to pull his ass out. And then he comes back and he plays the Jets two times when the Patriots couldn't protect. And he got absolutely chewed up in those games because they said, don't throw another friggin' pick, okay? So he didn't, but he looked like he was scared to play. Finally, they get in against Minnesota. They play okay. Then they have a game against Buffalo, and they were terrified of getting blown out. 
And that's where Max started to say, what are we even doing here? So that's the arc of his season. Um, he looked like a baby at some points, no doubt. But he actually kind of held it in for a long time, too, because he had reason to be pissed off. Yeah, so moving forward, obviously, and the offense, improve, improving the offense is going to be a big, uh, you know, a big thing that the Patriots are going to want to do. So we got free agency coming up, the draft coming up. What are some players that you think the Patriots are going to target this offseason? I'll go more with positions right now, Fidel. They have to get better at tackle. Isaiah Wynn is almost certainly not going to be back. He's a free agent. And by the end of the year, he wasn't playing for them. Um, I think he was put on IR, but he basically played as if he was on IR for most of the season. He just wow. did not contribute. He was a turnstile and could have led the league in penalties on the offensive line, if not for Trent Brown, who did lead the league. So their tackle play was abhorrent. So that's got to get better. There's a lot of people up here. Kendall might be in that same group as well as a Patriots fan who's saying wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. I'm not huge on the wide receiver. They need a speed back. You look at these teams who've just played this weekend. Kansas City's got Pacheco. They have um, Michael Hardman. You look at uh, San Fran. They got Debo. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lose some names because I'm going off the top of my head. Uh Kansas City played. <laughs> Who's in the teams? Who the hell did Kansas well, I mean, City play? You can add Christian McCaffrey. Up Thank there. you. I mean. Uh, the Bengals. Mixon, not so much, but speed, speed, speed. And you look at uh, the Eagles, you know, Boston Scott's the changeup back. Ramondre Stevenson is a friggin' beast. He caught 60 balls this year. He also carried it like 225. This is not the age of, ca- of giving it to a running back 300 times. And the days of James White, Kevin Falk, Danny Woodhead, Shane Vereen, those scat backs who are speed backs, that's something that I, I think they have to incorporate in their offense. Whoever that is, get them. Thanks, Tom. A name I wanted to throw in there was Ken, uh, Kenneth Gangwell, right? Number 14 for the yeah. Eagles. He's so fast. Dude, he, he was, <laughs> he's, a, he's a difference maker. Uh, uh, he was making some plays with his speed alone. So you're the right. Before, too. Yeah, the week before, like, too. Who the hell is Kenneth Gainwell? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Tom, and we just seen this final, like, one of the final four teams. We just seen Kansas City. We seen Cincinnati, Buffalo. There are three of the, of the final four teams that, that were left in the AFC. How close are the Patriots to Cincinnati, um, Kansas City, Buffalo? You got to watch out for Jacksonville next year. Mm-hmm. I think the Chargers charge just hired um, Kellen Moore from the Cowboys and whatnot. Um, with you know, Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. How close is Matt Jones and the Patriots? I mean, just that whole team to get – I think right now they're right in the middle. We're, we're mediocre right now. We're that second pack. We're right, there with Bal- we're right there with Baltimore, Tennessee. I mean, a couple more teams you could – a couple more teams you can, you can throw into that mix. How far are we to those, to those top teams, um, to Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo? I think they're a long way from the top top. I think that they are a long way from the Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati group. And people could say, wait a minute. Didn't they lose 22 to 18 to Cincinnati? That, okay. Details. And Kendall, you know this too. It was Christmas Eve. They were up 22 to nothing by halftime. The Patriots had done nothing in that game. And they had basically bailed, I think. Cincinnati was at home setting up train tracks in its mind already. They come back, they score 18 points off a pick six, a ricochet touchdown, Hail Mary. And people are like, yeah, we're right there with the Bengals. No, you're not. (laughs) Those three teams are really good. The Patriots have to get their trust back. They have to get their offensive line play back. They have to return, too, to Fidel and Jerry. 
what you guys probably hated over the years. They're just so freaking smart. They were not a smart team. They weren't disciplined. They made on-field gaffes. They took timeouts at bad times. They took stupid penalties. Hopefully they can turn that around because, um, you know, you look at – and all these teams kind of take stupid penalties these days. But the Patriots beat themselves frequently in 2022, and that can't happen. Completely agree, Tom. Um, one more thing on the Patriots. How long do you see Bill Belichick coaching? I mean, do you think he want? I know he want to catch Shula in that record. Can you give him another three to five years, another couple years? Yeah. I mean, he, he's eighteen away, Kendall. So, best in a in a perfect world, he catches him by the end of twenty twenty four, right? I mean, it's not a layup to go win ninety. I mean, he'd be he'd be at eighteen wins. He'd have an outside shot at that in one season back when things were going good. <laughs> if he had twenty games. Now it, it could take into 2025. Um, it is important to understand, too, bear this in mind, they're running a business. And this year did not go well for Bill. And certainly I think that what we're seeing from the team itself in releasing statements, in making sure that an offensive coordinator is titled, in making sure that Gerard Mayo's presence is going to be announced, that they're keeping him around, and the Patriots taking control of some of these announcements, which Bill would never allow probably if it was on him. I think the team is saying, you know what, Bill, we gave you a lot of latitude. We let you do your thing. It was a disaster. So we're going to be more involved. So if they're more involved and there's another face plant this year, it's a business. He is Bill. I think he gets every chance to chase Shula, but it can't look as ridiculous as it did this past year. Because there will be, just like Bill would do to somebody else on his team, he might get Belichicked. Sorry. You're either getting better or you're getting worse, and you're getting worse. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that, right? You want to see the guy finish. Last but not least, Tom, what are the yeah. chances? And we had this discussion a couple of days ago on our show. What are the chances of a Jerry Judy trade for New England Patriots this offseason? That's a great question. I would have to look at the numbers on him, for instance, to see what his contractual situation is. Probably still on his rookie contract, I would guess. Yes. Yeah. Um, same thing with uh, T. Higgins, who my buddy Phil Perry will not shut up about T. Higgins. <laughs> um, hey, Tom, he made an incredible catch last night. With the end zone one? Yes. Touchdown. He is. There's some ridiculous catches going on. And I want to ask you guys, too. we got to get to the rest of it. I'm sorry to the sinking of this. The Devontae Smith catch, I don't want replay to be that detailed where people are acting like, look, that looked like a catch. The only thing that gave it away was him hurrying. It took three different replays from television to see it before you could see, oh, yeah, with his back moves, you can see it under his arm. This isn't the Zapruder film, which is basically, you might remember that, Jerry, down there in Dallas. I was going to (laughs) say – Sorry, you're you're, you're basically kind of stabbing all Cowboys Nation right now because I mean, that was a catch by Dez, but they said that was a no catch. So, but 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 I'll let you get back to your point. It's getting stupid. Basically, it's clear and obvious. You can do that expedited replay if it's clear and obvious. And you know what you had to do with that Devontae Smith catch? You had to slow it down. You had to find the third replay. You had to look under his armpit. You had to scrutinize the ball. So that means it's not clear and obvious. Like. The poor bastard on Cincinnati shoving Mahomes. 
everyone feels so bad. Why you... It was clear and friggin' obvious. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so that was my that was my fear. Jerry Judy, Kendall, I'm not doing it. I'm gonna get Phil Perry on here with you, and he can talk all day with you guys <laughs> about fantasy land trades. I don't want a wide receiver. Appreciate it, Tom. All right, kid. So we actually have somebody tuning in with us, uh, Tom, and they actually have a question for you. They say this is Javier Zuniga says two part question for Tom. Bill knew he was losing McDaniels. Why was he not ready for it? Being he is very detailed coach. Mm -hmm. And then I guess his I guess I guess we can leave the the second question. Right. Because the second one is Mac Jones, the future or do the Patriots move on from Mac Jones? Great question. Yeah, yeah Javier, really good questions. Javier, um, Javier, I'm not sure. I'm not Javier. Oh uh, no, no, um, you're good. You're good. I thought you were trying to pronounce his last name. No, I nailed it, Martina. Yeah, you did. Um, all right, Javi. I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't have a succession plan in place. Maybe it was going to be Mick Lombardi, and Josh said, "Hey, you know what? We want you to come out here with us." Maybe it was going to be Nick Cayley. That was the most reasonable. Uh, succession plan. Tight ends coach comes up and then becomes the offensive coordinator. That's what the Patriots have always done. They promote from within, don't give them the title. So speculation is, and um, Albert Breer, my buddy over at MMQB, has said that a big reason for that is same thing that I was mentioning with O'Brien. It was trepidation about whether or not this guy was going to be one and done because he was entering, Kaylee was, the last year of his contract. So Again, he got himself painted into a corner a little bit, and I think he thought, you know what, I'll just fix it this way. What's the worst that can happen? We got a smart quarterback. We got two smart coaches. Joe knows quarterbacks, Judge. I know quarterbacks. I thought Bill could have done it. I was saying last April, like, if you need an offensive coordinator, what's the worst? I mean, Bill Belichick's the greatest of all time. It was harder than I thought, and surprisingly, it was harder than he thought. As for Mac Jones, you got to ride with him, you know, a good, he's a good player. He's not great. He's not very good. He's limited it's arm strength. Um, you know, a little bit of quickness and mobility. Uh, I'm not sure about the tenor of his leadership in 2022 wasn't great, but his teammates swear by him. But you've got to get him one year where he comes in in 2023 and he doesn't have to fight with Cam Newton for the job. And he doesn't have to deal with all this crap on the offensive side of the ball. And he can just hit the ground running with a legit offensive coordinator as a third-year pro and see how it goes. Well said. I, I, and, I, and, and, you, you know, this. you know, uh, <laughs> I will say this. I guess what, what, what you know, I guess because me, me and Javier actually we work on, on, on a Cowboys project, Dallas mm-hmm. Cowboys project, and – you know, uh, we had to eat crow, I, as they say. You know, Dak Prescott, he is not an off-script quarterback. Uh, he cannot play off-script. And so I guess yeah. he's kind of asking you, can Mac Jones say, you know what, okay, you know what, this is not working. You know, give me this route, and I'll hit you in the numbers. You know what I, I mean? Think that, I think he could when he gets to that point, but it's a point that you have to get to. Like I used to watch, I had the privilege – um, and this is one of the great privileges you get covering the Patriots. I had the privilege of watching, you know, Randy Moss and Tom Brady um, walk down to the other end of the field by themselves during training camp practices and run route after route. I remember watching Brady, Gronkowski, and Darrell Rivas. They would go down, they'd go into the five-yard line, and they would work on 
um, just leverage reps. And Brady used to talk about, I've been playing with Gronk so long now that I can tell even if he's 20 yards downfield by the shape of his shoulder dip, what he's about to do. Wow. That takes a long time. Mac Jones needs to spend that time with whoever it's going to be. That's going to be great so that you can understand it. Same thing with Dion branch and Brady Dak. I mean, he needs to spend that time with CD lamb. I mean, Dak, Dak is a, he's in the same, I mean, by the time it's done, Mac Jones will probably be in the same general world as Dak Prescott. Fine. Okay. Playoffs, couple pro bowls, but I'm just still dumbfounded at some of the picks that Dak threw where he never looked anywhere else. Never looked anywhere else. Just stare people down through it. And then I'm like, how can he not see that guy? It was the Niners game, right? Yeah. The Niners game. Fred with a Fred Warner or somebody I'm like, he's just standing there. Uh, the first one was to, yeah. On the, on the, well, on the second one was a, a fluky, a fluky one that Fred Warner uh, ended up being Chadarius Ward. But the, you're talking about the, Lenore. The first one, yeah. The, the first, first one was just looked like it was bad compete. The second one was like the, I didn't like the second one because I thought yeah. he stared it down. Anyway, yeah. I mean that that like you said is questionable, but that's good that you you were able to have that insight with with Mac Jones. Um, so let me ask you this. Uh, you know, obviously you've been covering the Patriots, and it looks like you know I you know I hate to keep on bringing up the Cowboys, but it seems like the Cowboys are kind of taking that same approach as the Patriots, which is building through the draft. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess what's the right word? Um, Try to grow from within, grow the culture from within, kind of. Correct. You know, and then develop these players to be what they need for their scheme to work, right? So it looks like it's doing that. But at what point do the Patriots and the Cowboys look around and say, hey, the guys that are in there, the teams that are in the Super Bowl, these guys actually played to 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 win. They played they paid to win the Super Bowl. I mean, right. look, at the, look at the Eagles. They, I mean, a lot of a lot of their players, some of them, their core players, they are they were drafted. A lot of them are are literally players that they got like a year ago. Uh the same thing can be said for the Chiefs. Chiefs went out there. Um uh, they 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 really made sure that they put the pieces around them. So my my question to you is 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 there a time when Let's say the Patriots, uh, teams like that. Say when? When is the right time? I guess you. I guess this is the right question. To spend like an idiot. Yes. <sighs> when you have Tom Brady, when you got Patrick Mahomes, when you think you're that guy away, what would piss me off if I was a Cowboys fan would be to look at that offensive line, know how good it was, and know that it's at home watching, because. You look at the Eagles, they got a, a second-round pick at quarterback. They have a Devontae Smith, 13th overall. People walk past him. I thought, too, because he was too damn skinny. Um, he's still a good player. They have some beasts on, obviously. That was a good spend on Hassan Reddick, right? Um, they get some other beasts on the defensive line. But most of that, most of the fiber of that team, in my estimation, is the offensive line. Dallas should have that. The Patriots don't have that. Kansas City does to a degree with Tooney. Trent Williams is there. I don't know. Most of these teams have drafted their unicorns or semi-unicorns, whether it's, you know, uh, Tyreek originally with Kansas City or Kelsey or Mahomes. You got your unicorn with Mahomes. There's nobody on the Patriots that's going to make anybody nervous on either side of the ball. 
people are going to go, oh, Duggar's pretty good. And Uche and Judon are pretty good. But no one's going to say, my God, we've never seen a player like this. And all these teams have one of those. Nick Bosa, um, Devontae Smith with the speed, Hurts with the interior running ability. Um, and their defense is is complete. Same thing with, you know, they're dotted all over these teams. And that's the thing, in, in my estimation. You better have one guy, and the Patriots had it, not just with Brady. They had it with Gronkowski. They had it with Edelman. They had it with Hightower to an extent. They had it all the way through. So you got to find those guys who just make other teams just poop when they see them. So – so real quick, Tom, Jerry, I'm going to cut y'all right quick. No, you're um, good, you're good. Yeah, All of y'all. That topic, you said that Patriots don't have that guy that, that keeps teams up at night, but you said you didn't. You don't think the Patriots should draft a receiver or trade for a receiver. I know. So. <laughs> Come on, Kendall. Give him a break, man. But <laughs> No, no, no. He's right. He's right. I'm, I'm, I'm being a tight ass over here. We're, I'm worried about Bob Kraft's money. What's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> Tom, spend the money. Spend, spend, spend. <laughs> Because I look at guys like James White, fourth-round pick. It was a system that made these guys, James White or Kevin Falk, find the guys other teams don't want, fit them into your system that's that's really um, difficult to defend and get after it. But the Patriots don't want to do that anymore. They don't want to run that complicated system with those option routes. And you guys all know what option routes are, which means during the drop, the quarterback is reading leverage and the receiver has to read the leverage as well and the coverage and react after the snap. So they're looking at all these guys coming out of college, and they're like, shit, none of these guys can figure that stuff out after the snap. We're not going to be able to run that offense. That's why to veer to this kid, Tyquan Thornton, who's a blazer and doesn't have that quick three, <laughs> that uh, short shuttle, that three cone that the Patriots have always wanted, where a guy can just sit down, shimmy, and break out, and ball's there, and there goes – 14 yards they want which is great i want fast people too i love fast people they're a boring ass team to watch a lot, a lot of pages, on a lot here of is this a g-rated podcast no 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 you say we want we're all <laughs> yeah. good a lot, a lot of pages on twitter are falling in love with zay with zay flowers so it's one of the love him perfect that's the guy i'm talking that's the kind of guy i'm talking about so look, Javier says that hurt being a cowboy fan, Tom. But you're 100 percent correct with, with the, the the previous statement, Tom. It's it, it, right. You're good, and you kind of get a guy like Trayvon Diggs to stop jumping roots. I mean, that's <sighs> embarrassing. And and then do you see what he's doing right now? He he's unfollowed the Dallas Cowboys from his bios. He's he's literally upset. I think These it's guys. a con- I think I think it's a contract situation. Uh, but I actually think that I don't know if it is a contract situation because I believe that Cowboys Twitter, the actual official Twitter, actually took a direct shot at Trayvon Diggs uh, after his last performance, uh, like they did similar to Dak, uh, Dak Prescott, which is kind of weird. Whoever's handling, who's whoever's handling it, they're 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 handling it with their emotions and they're handling it right. But no, you're right, Trey Diggs. Imagine, oh, imagine Jerry, you're Mike McCarthy or Jerry Jones or Bill Belichick. You're like, <clears throat> what's the matter with Trayvon? Well, our Twitter account, and then you just your head's in your hand already. And okay, our Twitter account. Okay, so okay, and then what? And then he unfollowed us, and you're like, holy shit! You know, eighty years ago. 50 years ago, we had guys in, 
18 years old fighting in wars to stop the, the march of, of Nazism, to be in the Viet Cong. And now we got guys all in their feelings because somebody said something on a social media app. I mean, what? Just toughen up. Sorry. No, no, there's nothing wrong with what you said. There's nothing wrong with what you said. I, you know, I'm, 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 you ever with think you. of that, guys? Do you no, ever I'm, think I'm, of like, I'm with what you. 20 year olds were doing? I mean, look at Jimmy Johnson. He would cut a player if he, you know, he would cut a, a kicker. He missed the field goal. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine that guy from having a job to not having a job just because, you know, <laughs> you you did not do your job? So imagine Brett Maher, huh? With Jimmy Johnson. He wouldn't put up with it. <laughs> he wouldn't put Watch up with it. But let me ask you this. I mean, obviously, you know, you could, I could it's clear to me that you love what you do, right? Uh, for anybody, especially like us, me, Kendall and Fidel, you know, we're trying to get into this space too. I mean, what what kind of advice would you say that you could give us to help us take that next step? Sure. Um, yeah. I'd say watch how other people do it. Watch how the people that you like do it. Like I'll do it right now and for the for the pod. Fidel hasn't said anything in 15 minutes. <laughs> you guys are taking turns. That's not the way it is in a room. Oh, let's go. That, All right. That's not the way it is in a room. You guys, we would have a conversation. And if we have to, at the beginning of the pod, say to each other, if I take my glasses off, you're coming to me. If if Kendall says, I'm going to put my hat on like that, coming to me. That way you're giving each other signals. So it's a much more free-flowing conversation. And I understand I do the same thing sometimes with put my questions down and I want to be organized and I want to be specific so that I get everything and I don't waste someone's time and it doesn't look like friggin' recess. But you guys all got great personalities. You all love the game. I would say let the personalities in the conversation flow and then get into some of the stuff too, either or. Who would you rather have, Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts? Stuff like that. People love that Edgy. stuff. Yeah, the Argument Edgy. talk. What is oh, it? You better say something. <laughs> I got a couple of good questions that I actually wrote down that I wanted to ask you before we let you go. Absolutely. But I'll let, but I'll let Jerry. Uh, what, no, what, no more taking turns. You guys have taken too many turns. I just want to know what is it that you love so much about everything you've been able to do with with this? Because I mean, you make it fun, man. You know what I mean? Um, you know, nine thirty. Kendall's like, how about nine thirty on Monday night? I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but he was persistent. Yeah, and he was nice, and he was. He never said, oh, yeah, you haven't answered my email the first three times I emailed you. So, like, you you know, I was like, okay, I'll do 930 on Monday night. I don't want to. I've been sitting out there watching TV. My wife went to bed, and I'm just sitting on the couch waiting. I'm like, but I told this guy because you guys love the game, and you're into it. And I want, you know, you root for people who love the game. And I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time in my life to do these things. You know, and I was good at it. I, I was a really good writer. I wanted to be a sports reporter from the time I was in about fourth grade once I realized I was not going to play. Um, so, and I paid plenty of dues um, covering field hockey and Pop Warner football and cheerleader contests and you name it. <laughs> Up until I was 35, I didn't start um, working for a major Metro paper. So, um, but I would just recommend set your sights on making your product the best you can make it with a free flowing conversation where the, the four of you, whoever your guest is comes in and it's fun and fast paced. 
Well, Tom, he told you 630 because I'm out on the West Coast. So I appreciate you staying up a little bit later to, t- to chat with us. But before we let you go, I got to ask you, Tom Brady, wh- what do you think is going to happen with Tom? You think he retires, Ooh. goes back to Tampa, goes to Las Vegas, goes to San Francisco? What do you think he's happens? Having, yeah, Fidel, he's having a – you know, it was mentioned by Clyde Christensen this week, one of the Tampa Bay assistant coaches. If you look at Brady, how much weight he lost. Um, and I kind of figured that was the case as the season was going along, that he was torn up emotionally. And he was torn up emotionally. And just what I've gathered um, through folks I've talked to is he just wants to get his life in some semblance of order because it got flipped completely upside down at the beginning of the year. It wasn't something he anticipated um, at the end of the summer, what happened, what he left for two weeks to try and work out. And then um, his life got turned upside down. So I think right now he's trying to get things in order. I would say San Francisco would make sense if you're Kyle Shanahan and um, and John Lynch. You don't want to sit there in 15 years and go, you know what? We still should have tried to get Brady that time. Ooh. They've already missed on it twice. Um, I would, If I was Miami, I would say, Tua, why don't you take a year and try and get your head straight? Seriously, take a year. We're going to bring Tom in. If I, I would clear the way for him because he's still got all the arm in the world, but – if I was Tom Brady, you know what I'd do? I'd take the year off. Take the year At off, 45? get my stuff straight. Doesn't make a difference. Does not make a difference. He led the league in completions. He led the league in attempts. There is no reduction in arm strength. There is absolutely no reason that 46 or 47 is going to make a friggin' bit of difference. I'm 55. I'm going to go dominate tomorrow on the basketball court. Dominate. Okay, I won't dominate, wow. but I'll drill jumpers. Good, good points, Tom. And look, <laughs> my last question before we let you go, I got to ask you about Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. I'm a Las Vegas Raiders fan. Obviously not the way that we wanted the season to go. Uh, nope. You know, the organization moved on from Derek Carr, so now there is that opening. Do you think that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler can get the job done in Las Vegas? I do. I really do. I've known Josh for a long time. I, I feel like I've got a, a good professional friendship with him. Um, I can't understand how they could lose so many soul-crushing, mind-numbing games. I mean, the combination of the Jacksonville blown lead, the Indianapolis Colts with Saturday, blown out by the New Orleans Saints. I mean, it's just mind-boggling losses. So I think that there is the difficulty in moving on from, and it wasn't Fangio, Basaccia, I get my Italians mixed up there. Uh, Basaccia, moving on from him, those guys were attached to him. Josh tries to bring in a culture, and I think that there was a little bit of a resistance to um, how are we going to do this? And they were not a disciplined team either. So buy-in, buy-in, buy-in. you got to have it. Were you, right, were you there for the, for the brand? Were you, you were there with Dar- uh, when Daryl Rivas was there? Oh, yeah, that? I've been here since 97. So you saw – is it true that him and Brandon Browner got into a, a, an actual fight? Like, I didn't ever see that or hear about that, and I don't think that would have gone well for Revis. Yeah, because Brandon Browner's is 6'4". <laughs> Revis is tough. He threatened yeah. to slam me once. I will tell you this. Uh, uh, Revis is, is, is probably one of my favorite players that I've ever seen play. But uh, I'll tell you the funny story. I'll tell you the Revis story. 
So <laughs> we're in the locker room, and I, I used to do a show with Deb McCourty called Quick Slants. I did it with Mayo, too. So I get along with those guys, but I don't pretend like I'm friends with them. I get along with them, but uh, something, was, something was said. It was right after the Pro Bowl voting, and somebody said Reeve instead of Revis. And McCourty said, did you just call him Reeve? I said, no. I said, we're not friends. I said, no, I wouldn't call him Reeve. And he goes, what? I said, I said, we're not, we're not friends. I'm not friends with you like that. He goes, you want to get slammed? <laughs> I'm like, nope, definitely don't want to get slammed. Nope, not on my list of things that I want by a future <laughs> Hall of Fame corner to slam me. Thanks, Dev. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Hey, hey, Tom, is McCordy coming back or do you think, he, think he's retiring? I, he's definitely thinking of retiring. I'd say it's more likely than not that he will retire, Kendall. Showbiz, man. He's he's destined for it. Yeah. All right, Tom. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Make sure you guys go and subscribe to Patriots Talk Podcast. Follow Tom Curran at Tom E. Curran on Twitter. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Really appreciate Good. it. We'll talk to you down, down the road soon. Thank you very much. We'll do this again sometime. Earlier. On the weekend. On the weekend. Fine. <laughs> Appreciate it, Tom. Thank you, everyone out there, for watching and listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives' activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast.